0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast
1: exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman.
2: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast where we explore stories about how assisted reproductive technology is changing lives and changing our world in ways that we never, that people never thought possible before. I'm Jennifer White. I am the owner and director of Bright Futures Families, which is the also the parent company to Colorado surrogacy, Montana surrogacy, and New Mexico surrogacy. And I get the honor and privilege every day of uh, doing this and going on this journey along with my sister, Ellen Trackman. Oh, suck up. I like it. Uh, I'm Ellen Trackman, (laughs) Jen's sister. Uh, I'm an attorney specialized
1: in assisted reproductive technology law, or art law. Uh, I also write a weekly column of the same name as the podcast called I Want to Put a Baby in You for the website abovethelaw.com, where I focus on the legal issues of assisted reproductive technology. Um, I love to speak on events and uh, educate people, and I can be a terrible speaker because the content kind of speaks for itself and being fascinating. And, uh, which leads us into today's interview, Susie White, no relation to Jen, despite the same last name, um, and despite showing up at events together where people just assume they're a married couple, which is
2: that's okay. I love Susie. I'm okay with that. Yeah,
1: no, you wish, but I mean, your your husband, not so much, but,
2: uh, but yeah, so she
1: has a very interesting story that we're excited to interview her about. Um, and quickly before we go into the interview, we do have a phone number. If anyone wants to call in, provide feedback, get to that point where we're we're taking callers, we would love that. Our number is 303-997-1903. Again, that's 303-997-1903. Thanks. Today, we're here with Susie White, who I'm very excited to interview about her experience with surrogacy. Um, little disclaimer Susie works with Colorado Surrogacy, um, but has an incredible background, incredible stories in surrogacy. She's a three time surrogate with three different and fascinating stories. So I'm very excited to, to get into the details and hear about what she's been through. Um, Susie, welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You.
0: Hi, Ellen. Thanks. Thanks for
2: having me on. No problem, um Jen, do you want to give the intro of how we how we met Susie? I'm um, sure, so Susie is probably one of the most outgoing and forward people I have. Ever met in my life. Um, I, is that good? Yeah, that's a fantastic thing, honestly. Um, so we, I was actually driving somewhere one day and just got a phone call, and she said, uh, "She said, this is my name is Susie White,' and we had a very long and amusing conversation about the fact that both of our last names were White and we were not related to each other because we had that conversation constantly." Uh, she said, "I am am a former surrogate and I'm very interested in in working for you and." you know what? She is fantastic. And I'm really glad that she gave us a call. So um, very, just outgoing, wonderful human being. So we we love having Susie with us. Oh, thank you. I love being with you guys.
1: So Susie, I have to say that the story of what inspired you to be a surrogate always makes me laugh. And I tell all the time, but I want, I want (laughs) you to tell it in your own words. So what inspired you to become a surrogate?
0: Okay. Well, it's so crazy because it's what was um, out there back in the day, uh, it was so negative and I had to find out that there was more to the story and I had to find the positive side of things. So that was back in, um, 1990, um, in the case of baby M, um, was a, a surrogacy situation gone bad. And, um, the surrogate mom um, was on Oprah. And so I had just had my, um, my, let's see, um, my second child and, um, was watching Oprah and, uh, there was the surrogate on who, um, who just, her story was not, something was just not right. And it it was, it was a bad situation. It was very negative. And, um, I said, wow, there's, I want to learn more about this. And they had the name of the agency and the phone number at the end. And I called them up um, and I was said I was really interested and I was fascinated. And they had me um, come out to a meeting, which it, it was done very differently than it is now. Um,
1: so just real quick for those people who don't know about baby M. So terrible, heartbreaking story where a couple was unable to conceive a child without help. So they um, they had an agreement with a surrogate, Mary Beth Whitehead, I believe was her name. And So it was a traditional surrogacy where she was uh, genetically related to the child, um, but they used sperm and assisted reproductive technology, um, sperm from the intended father. But after she gave birth, she changed her mind. So the idea was she was giving this baby over to them, that that was going to be their baby, but she... Um, felt very bonded to the baby and refused to to turn over the baby and in fact had this like time where she was visiting the baby and then um, took the baby and ran away to Florida I think they were in so they were in New Jersey at the time and so she she fled to, to Florida and left these terrible voicemails that were like if I can't have the baby no one can and some you know really scary negative facts so really scary story um, ultimately the court ruled that she was she was the mother of the child and had legal rights to the child um but that um the intended parents had custody of the child but um from that new jersey banned surrogacy entirely so the reason why i find it so funny is that this is a terrible nightmare situation very negative about surrogacy and susie your reaction was like hmm i want to do
2: that <laughs>
0: Well, I thought there had to be a positive side to it, and I thought, how how could that woman do something like that to those parents? Um, I, I thought it was ridiculous and awful, and they were devastated, and, you know, as a parent, that story was um, heartbreaking. And so then, of course, I just decided to do it, uh, you know, quite a few times, and um it, it was awesome every time and, um, nothing like that, of course. Um,
1: yeah. So, so, sorry. You started to go into how you contacted the same agency that, um, from the baby MK. So how did, how did that start and how did the process, what did it look like? Well, um, so they,
0: it was, um, the infertility center of New York, I believe. I don't know if you want me to say the name. Um, and so that they were, um, They had an office in Indianapolis and they had, um, some, uh, surrogate mothers come in and we, and parents, um, were there for a big meeting. And so they kind of paired us up, you know, they had matched us previously and, um, you know, we all came in with family photos and things and kind of interviewed and visited with, um, you know, one or two different couples, uh, whoever you were paired with. So I got to, um, meet and talk with some other women who were going through the same process. Um, and so that was, that was really interesting. Was it um, kind
2: of like speed dating? I mean, is that what it felt
0: like? Yes, it was, Jen. It was kind of like speed dating. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because, um, you know, the parents had seen our profiles and, um, our photos ahead of time. And so, we kind of had an idea of who we'd be meeting with and they knew who you were when, when you came in. And so we were, it, it wasn't like we were all sitting next to each other at a table. We each had a private conference room and they were, you know, private meetings, but um, it was a little bit like uh,
1: yes, speed dating. Uh, but so I know, I know that a lot of parts are confidential, but kind of what, what, what was your impression of um, these potential intended parents? Well, um, so the parents that um that I was
0: matched with um they were a greek couple um and a little bit older they came here from greece because they had exhausted their resources um in their own country and they really wanted to have a child and so they came here um we're staying with family actually in canada but we're coming to the us um going to an infertility center in detroit um and so that's where I would have to meet them um, for um, monthly, you know, for artificial insemination. Um, and so they were a, a little bit older couple, and um, the wife did not um, speak much English at all. But you know, like just to look in their eyes, and they were just so excited um, to be parents, and just the, like just to talk about it you know, they would just light up. So how could you not just be so excited for them and just get sucked in by the whole thing?
1: I did. Tell me how it went during, during that first transfer process when you were trying to get pregnant.
0: Okay. Um, so at the time I was, um, a traditional surrogate. Um, and so it was my own egg and we were doing, um, artificial insemination. And so, uh, the couple used it an infertility specialist, um, in Detroit. And so I would fly out at the right time of my cycle, um, and meet with the parents. And, um, you know, we had our own hotel rooms, but we'd go to dinner. Um, uh, we went to a movie one time, um,
1: like, be- like dating, like awkward, awkward <laughs>
0: dating, <Yeah. laughs> right? Like dating, you know, your cousin or your uncle or something. Right? It was, not, it was you know, just like this, um, uh, you know, this new friendship. Um, And so it was, it was fun. Um, So we spent some time together and then we would meet at the doctor's office or they would pick me up and take me to the doctor's office. And um, so the father um, would, you know, go back and have his appointment and I would wait a little bit and then I would go back and see the doctor and um, a painful um, procedure, just like Kind of like getting a pap. Um, it was painful, really. No, oh no, not a painful situation. I'm sorry. Oh, not did a painful. Pain- oh, okay. No, um, not painful, um, not uncomfortable. Just, you know, a syringe, and just kind of, um, it, it, you know, they it, it did their thing, and then um, they would raise my hips, and I would have to lay there for, I don't remember exactly, maybe 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, something like that. And just read a magazine, and then. Um, so we did that twice. We would skip a day and then I would, um, you know, then we'd go back and do the same thing. Um, and then I would travel home and, you know, we'd kind of see how, see how things went and, um, you know, do a pregnancy test.
1: So how many times did it take before you became pregnant?
0: Why that first time, I think it was, it may have been the first,
1: Oh um, again,
0: it was, uh, let's see, 25 years ago. (laughs) it was the first, maybe second.
1: Oh wow. But, so there wasn't um, this like agonizing negative pregnancy no. test and going, okay, yeah, that's amazing.
0: No, there just wasn't that time. No, not at all. Um, and so, so that was, uh, their first child was a little girl. Um, and they had had a, a previous, um, a bad experience, um, where they had, uh, they, back then, um, IVF was not as successful. And so if you wanted to carry for someone, you were really encouraged to go the traditional route and just do artificial insemination. Um, so the their previous surrogate, they thought she had gotten pregnant with their child. Um, so when they're in
1: a previous surrogate in the United States.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, they thought she had gotten pregnant with their child. Uh, they took the baby home and I, I believe it was, you know, a few days a week, something like that. Um, and they, I guess they always did a paternity test back then, but they, they found out the child wasn't theirs and they had to return the baby to the surrogate. Heartbreaking, just awful. Yeah, and I didn't know oh, that that's right at first. But then the agency said they they had permission to share the story, because the parents um, didn't want to um, come to Colorado for the birth. They wanted to wait for a paternity tests, but they didn't. They wanted me to understand why they felt that way, um, and that it wasn't anything personal, uh, but they just couldn't go through that again. I completely understood. So. As soon as the baby was born, there were labs drawn and whisked away and all of that. And so um, the tests came back very quickly, um, and the parents arrived with their suitcase full of, uh, you know, little crocheted booties and lots of blankets. And yeah, so the mom had just spent months oh, making sweet. things for this sweet new baby girl that was coming. And so
1: And did you get, so did you have time with her during, during that kind of transition those few days? I I did.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And did that make it harder to transition to, you know, having this baby go home with these parents?
0: No, I, I don't think so for me because I still, I knew exactly what I was doing, you know, before I got pregnant and I knew this wasn't my child. I mean, biologically it was my egg, but the purpose was to carry this baby for that couple. Um, and so I, I felt awful that, um, you know, they felt like they had to wait and get that paternity test. Um, and so they couldn't be there right at the beginning. And, um, and I, I have pretty quick, um, labors and deliveries, so they couldn't have made it, um, for her arrival anyway. Um, yeah.
1: So were you, were you married at this time? Um, I was yes. Mm-hmm. And how did your how did your family and you already had kids? How did your um, spouse and your kids feel about everything you're going through for this family?
0: Well, you know, so my my kids were very young, so they didn't really understand everything. Um, my family was super supportive, um, and the the father of the baby took my family out. You know, my parents and everyone. Um, after the baby was born and they came to pick her up and the mom stayed at the hotel with the baby and he took all of us out to dinner and my parents just loved him. Um, so it was really, it was
1: really nice. It was a whole family affair. That's nice. Um, do you still have any contact with, um, with those, the, the Greek family or the intended parents?
0: I don't. So, um, so that we also, um, uh, I may be jumping the gun. So, Um, I also carried um, a little boy for them. So a son, so they have, you know, a daughter and a son and they went back to Greece um, when the second child was a couple of months old.
1: How much, how, um, what was the time period between giving birth to their first child and then caring for them again?
0: Let's see. um, 91 and 94. So just a few years. So actually we, the second time, um, it took longer. Um, I think it was, we tried about five times, um, oh, wow. because yeah, um, four or five times they had wanted to, um, ensure that they would have a boy. And so, you know, we would the same process, um, going out to the infertility specialist office in Detroit. Um, but they really wanted a boy. Um, and so, uh, you know, the doctor's office went through the the process with his, um, specimen. And we just, we weren't having success. We were hitting the same days and everything as before, and it just wasn't working.
1: Do you, do you know what they were doing? What, what they their, what the procedure I, was? To try. Sure, Cause that, they weren't choosing embryo. No, so there, there no. must be something else embryo, to try to make sure that there's a board.
0: I don't know how that works. Oh, okay.
1: Wow. Right. It,
0: Interesting. It was, yeah, I don't it know. was the nineties, so I'm not really sure <laughs> what they were doing. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know how you, um, I'm sure it's a medical, uh, question and someone could answer it, but I'm not sure how you, how you do that. But, um, obviously it was decreasing the number of sperm that were headed in that direction because it was not working. So, um, it, after, uh, you know, a few times, and then and during also during that time, my kids had chicken pox, so we had to take a month off. And oh, no. that was kind of a rough one, right? And I said, okay, one more time. Let's do it one more time, and let's just do it the way that we did before. Let's just go for it.
1: And, and they were okay because, yeah. you know, another girl been fine. Right. And they said, yep,
0: let's do it. So we did, and we got pregnant, and it was a boy. So, you know, it was meant to be. Lucky. Yes. And so then um, once he was born, they waited for a couple of months, um, made sure that he was healthy and could take that trip. Um, And so then the little girl would have been two at the time, um, two and a half. And so they uh, went back to Greece. And so... Um, you know, since my parents still live in the same house that I grew up in, still have the same phone number, all of that, they have my parents' contact information. You know, even if something happened, I changed my cell phone number or something, they would still always be able to reach me because they would have my parents' information forever. Um, And so they haven't reached out, um, but that's okay. I mean, we knew that was a possibility and I just wanted them to go home and you know, have have their little family, and I have mine. And if it if we stayed in touch, that would be wonderful. And you know, if not, that's okay. I I understand,
1: right? And sorry, you said you had your little family, do but your family's not not little. How, how many kids do you have, Susie?
0: <laughs> my family is not little anymore. I have four of my own. Um, yes, and then I also um, carried twins for another family. So yeah. I I ended up continuing to grow my family and someone else's after that as well.
1: And the your third surrogacy journey was with a different family and it was um what's more common now, which is the kind of the standard now, which is not to do traditional surrogacy but gestational surrogacy. Um how did how did that process go and how was it the same agency? How were you selected? Tell us a little bit about the third time.
0: Okay. So um that's kind of, you know, just a funny story um, that I had also um, done egg donation um, through a local clinic here um, in Denver. Um, And I also had started to work with a different um, couple and um, and it it just, they had one frozen embryo and it didn't take. And so I was just You know, I had gone through a divorce and uh, my mom had some medical issues and stuff like that. So I had just really backed away from surrogacy and all of that Um, and was just kind of, um, you know, going along with life and kiddos and stuff. And then um, a coordinator from the agency gave me a call and said, Hey, Susie, what are you doing? And I said, "Hmm, Not much. What are you doing? And she said, Would you like to carry for a couple? And I said, Well, I think so. Let me sleep on it. Oh, um, well.
1: Wow. So you were not, you were not looking to do this. They reached out to you spontaneously. That's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, and so, um, yeah, she just called and said, we have this, uh, couple. And so, um, they actually, they were, you know, they say they were a little older, 41 and 47, which I don't think is older at all. That's younger than me now. So, um, but they, uh, they needed to get moving pretty quickly. And so she said, if you're interested, I will let them know. And um, that was at the end of October, early November and they were out here um, meeting me. They came um, to my house and we listened to Christmas music and had Christmas goodies and and that was, that was it. We just agreed on the spot and said, yes, let's do this. Um, And they were from um, out of state, not out of the country. And um, so we did an embryo transfer. um, And I had just one of my best friends ever helping me with all of the shots and everything um, leading up to that. And so he was with um, the mom and uh, with me in the room for the embryo transfer. Um, And the, the dad was in the waiting room where a lot of dads prefer to be (laughs) and so he was he was there um but they transferred two embryos and um because of the mom's um, advanced maternal age as they called it right um she was thrilled about that they said oh both probably won't stick um but they did because they just this embryo or this uh this uterus is golden. It loves to be <laughs> pregnant, and so um so they had twins, um, a little boy and a little girl, and um it was yeah it it was amazing. It was a lot of fun, and um I mean ten weeks of bed rest was not as much fun. Oh, no,
1: because of twins or were there further complications?
0: No, um, because they were twins, and my um, obstetrician who delivered two of my other kids. Um, he just said, you know, we want to be conservative and, um, you know, you're doing this for someone else. Let's just, let's be really conservative. And, um,
1: Was it strict, sure that- strict bed rest where you kind of stuck in, in bed for that full time? Mm-hmm.
0: For, for a little while, um, up until, because we made it full term, um, which was awesome. 30, 37 weeks, five days, four days. Um, yeah. So it was, um, Pretty, it was strict um, as far as I had to have someone clean my house. Um, I ordered groceries oh, online. That sounds King terrible. Hours. It was awful. So it was cleaning. um really awful to have people waiting on me hand and foot. Um, but you know, I was growing to human beings, so you gotta do what you gotta do. But um, I could order groceries from the bed and have them delivered. Um, you know, and my kids at the time. I had uh, two much older kids who could help out with the two younger ones. Um, That's great. Yeah. And so that, that was um, awesome. And they were born full term and just needed a little bit of oxygen. Um, and uh, even then, the parents couldn't quite make it before they were born. Although, as soon as I went into labor, um, they hopped on a plane. Um, yeah. But I, I had to have a C-section because they were breech.
1: How how was your relationship with the, the with the parents during the pregnancy? Did you hear from them frequently? Were they visiting?
0: Oh yeah, so um, it it was really good. And the mom came out um, quite a bit more um, than the dad, because he was very involved with his career. And it's not that he didn't want to be here; he just had a lot of um, a lot of commitments. And so um, when he came, everything was was great and wonderful um but she would come and it was just kind of like girlfriends you know she would go to the appointments with me and then we'd go out to lunch um and it was just so exciting for her to to get to be part of that um I'm so happy about that and then um we did have to have um, an amnio and so both of the parents came um, to town for that. And so they were very supportive. Um, and I, yeah, I have no complaints about that.
1: Was the, was the amnio scary for you? I've just seen the, in the movies, the, the really log needle. Yes, and specifically Bridget Jones. Right? Out. <laughs> well,
0: that. it, it's a scary looking procedure. And I actually had had one before years ago, um, with my daughter, um, in the nineties. And so, I mean, I, I, knew what it was about. Um, and I just don't look, Cause it looks creepy. <laughs> I feel like it's an alien thing a, a needle in your stomach.
1: Do you, do you feel it?
0: Well, no, they numb it. Um, but you feel, mm-hmm. you can feel something going there, just some pressure, which just seems creepy. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, I, it, I don't think it, it hurts. It just feels foreign. Yeah. And then I, mm-hmm. I was imagining, you know, like, amniotic fluid, just like shooting out from the hole, but it doesn't do that. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was good.
1: Do you, um, so how did it go after the birth? Did you, do you keep in touch with, with these parents? Do you know anything about the, the children?
0: Um, well, so that was, you know, another situation that we said, this is your family and we'd love to be in touch and we'd love to see photos and, um, you know, Christmas cards, that kind of thing. Um, but it, it's up, it's up to you. Um, and so for, we have the pre-birth order in place, uh, which I think just made everything go, um, so smoothly as far as the hospital and, and all of that.
1: So the pre-birth order being the legal document that says that they are the legal parents and that you are not legal parents to this mm-hmm, child.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I just think it really helped them out at the hospital. Um, and, I think it made it, um, just even a more amazing experience for the parents because when, so as the babies were born, then, you know, they put the wristband on the parent and I said, no, 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 the the parents will be here anytime Mm -hmm. they're flying in right now and they will get those wristbands. They're the parents. I'm not. And so with your
1: first two, um, journeys, did they, did they put the wristband on you? And was there A different process. Mm -hmm.
0: They did. And, you know, it was so long ago that, um, I think, and and I've had a lot of experience now. And so I, I understand that more. Um, but back then I, at the hospital, they were kind of like, what and who, and how's this working? Um, (laughs) and so they, you know, they put the band on me and then, you know, they would bring the babies into the room and I would, I bottle fed them and everything like that, but, um, you know, made it it clear with the nurses that the parents are coming. And so, um, you know, I, am not, I'm not going to bond with the baby. The parents will be here to do that. Um, and so uh, also having my own children, I kind of, I just felt like I knew the difference and, um, I knew where to make that separation. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, so the mom and both, uh for both of the children of the Greek couple, um, she had to adopt them uh, because biologically they were mine. So we, mm-hmm, we did have to go through some paperwork. Right. Um, it, it was all done, you know, very easily. Um, and we didn't have to go to a court date or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so that went, that went smoothly. I did have to um, travel uh, to do paperwork and,
1: you know, uh,
0: to, to finish up all of that. Um, so she could
1: officially, where, where do you have to travel to do paperwork?
0: Well, um, for
1: not to the, Greece.
0: No, I didn't. No, no, no. And I'm not sure. Um, you know, at the time I'm sure I knew it was just about the attorneys that they were using and maybe, maybe the laws in that state. I'm not sure, but I, the first time I went to Washington DC, um, the second time, just to Colorado Springs, they had an attorney in Colorado Springs that um, handled the adoption paperwork. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and and then this last time we um, I did a conference call with the parents um, of the, of the twins. Um, they were attorneys, and then they also had an attorney. And I had an attorney and we did a conference call with the judge. Lots of attorneys. Right? Good. So many attorneys oh. involved. Um, I love attorneys, by the way, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Who doesn't? Um, and so we had a conference call. I was on bed rest. So we had a conference call with the judge in Jefferson County. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it was interesting that he said um, that he and his wife had um, had a child using a surrogate. So he was very supportive of the process.
1: Oh, the judge in Jefferson County did. Yes, That's awesome. that
0: great. What a coincidence. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, um, so he was just really awesome about the whole thing. Very supportive. Um, but so then once they arrived, the babies were in the nursery cause they needed just a little bit of oxygen. Um, and I had had a C-section since they were breached. So I was just kind of recovering and the parents just came rushing in and they were so sweet and, you know, first thing they were concerned about me and making sure I was okay. And I said, I'm good. Your babies are in the nursery. Go get your wristbands. So like, you know, having that wristband put on, like as a new parent, that's, that's huge. So, yeah, yeah, so I just really felt um, good about that for them. And then, um, yeah, and then my kids and family all came to visit and, you know, hold the babies and um, the hospital let the parents stay in a separate room and have the babies with them. And since I had a C-section, I had to stay for a few days, but the baby stayed with them and they got to take care of them. It was just, they were very accommodating. The hospital was. And so, um, yeah, so that went, that went really well. Um, and I talked to them, you know, just within the first few months after, um, they were exhausted.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two <babies. laughs> Why?
0: Yeah. They were exhausted and loving it. Um, and then we haven't stayed in touch. Um, but again, that's really, that's their choice. And for whatever reason they make that choice, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I have my family, they have theirs and it it doesn't affect me negatively. Um, you know, we wish we'd, um, you know, see some updates and stuff, but it's, I don't know. I, I'm not on, you know, their side of things. And so I, I I think it's, that's got to be a difficult uh, thing, you know, to go through and then, um, not to just kind of take your family and move forward and, and try to keep someone updated. And, um, I, you know, I'm sure that it wasn't the easiest process, um, for the mom to go through and not being able to carry herself. So if, if she wants to kind of leave that where it was and, and move forward I'm okay with that
1: um how do you feel kind of looking back I mean so that was it so were you like that's it I'm done um did- <laughs> <laughs> well I was like getting up there a little bit I was 37
0: when I carried the twins um and so I was tired <laughs> that's a lot on your head <laughs> Fair
1: yeah enough. yeah um, right
0: yeah so it
1: And what's your, your general feeling looking back? Is there, is there anything you regret about it? Did you, you generally felt it was um, a good or bad experience?
0: Um, no, I, you know, I loved the experiences, every one of them. Um, you know, I learned, um, things as we went. Um, but no, I, I mean, I would absolutely do it again. Um, if my uterus wasn't retired, but it is. So <laughs> it's just so incredible, um, to be part of, of something like that. And it was so good for my kids. Um, like I said, it was just a family, um, you know, like a family undertaking, um, every time. And, um, you know, the, the second time all of the kids were old enough to, um, to understand what was going on. And, um, everyone was just really supportive. And so, yeah, I, and it's, um, you know, it's a big, um, it's a lot, it's a huge time commitment. Um, and it's a lot of energy. It's, it really, it takes everyone It takes a village. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but I, I don't think there's nothing that Um, I regret, I'm glad that I had the agency, um, involved, you know, with, with the first family and with the second, I had that experience so that I, I knew what we needed to look at, what we needed to focus on and talk about and work through. And I also had the infertility center who had plenty of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so they were able to help us navigate the process, but, um, yeah, I I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat.
1: That's so sweet. Um, when people ask you, do you have kind of go-to tips or advice for anyone who's thinking about either being a, being a gestational carrier or finds out they need to turn to a gestational carrier to, to complete their family?
0: Well, you know what? Um, the one thing, just from some of the negative stories that have come out, um, it seems like when, when something comes up, um, that is, you know, kind of one of those horror stories. It's because things weren't talked about, worked out ahead of time. Um, you know, they don't have a contract or maybe there wasn't the proper screening of the surrogate or, you know, something somewhere along the way things went bad. And so I just think having, um, like the agency, I just wonder if maybe the independent matches are not the not the best idea if you don't have all of the like all of the legal things. I know I know it's a hassle, um, because that was the that was kind of the yuckiest part of everything. I think was um, negotiating, working through the contract, and all that kind of stuff. But to do that without. Um, like proper legal representation and some like a, um, you know, someone to kind of mediate. I think that, that, uh, would not be a good idea. And I think that's one of the pieces, you know, back in the baby M case. And that was one of the pieces that came up, you know, a psych screening and that kind of thing. So, um, hmm. I, I think all of that just, and if you're, if someone's considering being a surrogate, one of the questions that, um, I always get, and I've heard other surrogates say the same thing, that people say, oh, how could you give up your baby? Well, it's not my child. And so, um, it's, I, I love all four of my kids and would never give them up for anything. But if you go into it with the what in, with the right frame of mind, that you are, um, you know, as we in our office say, extreme babysitting, <laughs> you are just taking care of this this little baby until, um, it's ready to go home with its family. It's a completely different connection that you have with this child, even though it's inside of your body, just completely different. Um, and so, you know, when people ask that, well, you have to have the right frame of mind and you know what you're doing when you make this choice before you even get pregnant and they say, Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's just, that's one of those things that people really need to consider and think about and get into the right frame of mind and know what you're doing before you start into this process. Um, And yeah, if someone needed to use a surrogate say, yeah, absolutely. The surrogates are wonderful. Um, We're wonderful, fabulous people. Um, (laughs) And there's, you
1: know, you especially,
0: uh, thank you very much. But um, I think it's a scary decision. And sometimes I'm sure for intended parents, they're like, Oh goodness. Like You know, what if if we get someone who, you know, tries to steal our baby? And I think that, you know, those are the horror stories. There's so many positive, wonderful stories out there. Um, And I know you've got to trust and you've got to have some faith, but also just making sure that you do the screenings, you go through the proper channels, you get everything in writing. And then once that yucky stuff is out of the way, then you're free to just enjoy the experience and go to appointments and interact with your, you know, your surrogate. And I, I think it's just an amazing experience.
1: Well, thank you, Susie. I think you are an amazing human and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us. Um, so thanks, Ellen. <laughs> thank you again. You're so
0: sweet. I don't know about that, but um, I, I really appreciate you letting me share my story. Thank you. It makes me happy every time.
1: Lesson of the day. I think for this interview, it has to be that good things can come out of terrible things. I find it hilarious that Susie was inspired to be a surrogate based on a terrible news story, the Baby M case back in the day where the traditional genetic surrogate tried to kidnap the baby and possibly threatened to kill the baby. And there was a whole court case and um, law created banning surrogacy. I mean, it was a, a disaster for most of us who practice in the area thinking about what a nightmare. But Susie seeing that inspired her Which kind of gives us hope that, you know, sometimes when bad things happen, it actually inspires good people to to come forward and to,
2: to make the world a better place despite the bad thing that may have happened. That is so true and so phenomenal. Um, So if if you are also inspired, we would love if you could be so inspired to go to iTunes and leave a review for us and tell them how wonderful you think we are, shamelessly. Please tell them how great we are so that we uh, go up higher in the iTunes ranking and more people can find us and join us. Um, Also, if you're interested in continuing the conversation with us, with others who are interested in this field or issues surrounding it, please head over to Patreon and look for our Patreon page at I want to put a baby in you for just a really small subscription fee per month you can be invited to our slack channel where you can continue having these conversations with other people you also will have access to bonus material which I, I can guarantee that at least one bonus material for each of us will be us talking about our birth stories of our children um, which should be you know very interesting bonus material I, I'm certain. yes um, so we would love to join us. so please come over and visit us on Patreon Thanks for joining
1: us. Stay tuned for further episodes. And big shout out to Chris Wright at Work at Bird Studios in Denver for all his audio engineering help. Thanks.